Welcome to the Bright Mind and Body Podcast. I'm Amy, a certified personal trainer and life coach. Listen in as we discuss relationships, mental and emotional health, fitness, and the mind-body connection. Welcome back to another episode. We are recording live and today's topic is how to meet your person. We're not necessarily talking about the specifics of dating apps or how to meet your person, where to meet your person, but just how to kind of align yourself in your own head and to understand your values um, when putting yourself out there. So I am joined by Nino. Hi, everyone. (laughs) And we're kind of just going to have a conversation uh, between us about what we personally did to, I guess, prepare to bring another person into our life um, and where we were mentally, emotionally, all that good stuff uh, leading up to when we met and then what it took for us to kind of become the strong couple that we are today, I'd like to say. (laughs) Definitely a strong couple. Yes. So... Do you want to start with maybe, um, I don't know, where where you were before we were kind of like on our first date, like before we met, like what led up to us meeting? Um, I think for me, well, just a little backstory. Um, I have been previously married. I was married for 10 years um, before meeting Amy. I had been divorced for six years. In that time, there was, you know, different relationships. There was different types of interactions. I think for me, though, a real understanding was just being able to work on myself. I was married young and... I didn't really know who I was, let alone who we were supposed to be as a couple. So I think after my divorce, I I really did put some time in working very hard with a therapist to um, basically try and improve on myself because as she always taught me, the more I improved on myself and who I was, the better I could be for those around me. So I think that's what kind of state I was in moving up to uh, meeting Amy. I was just continuing to work at myself and learn from relationships. But I also realize that there's a certain value you need to put on yourself and also in what a relationship consists of. And I really wasn't going to settle. I think that's a really good point, especially the not settling. I think that when people are out in the dating world for a really long time, it can get frustrating where you're just constantly feeling like, when am I going to meet the right person? Or you're going on dates and they're not going well. You feel that you're not clicking with someone. And 
I think that you made such good points in terms of preparing yourself. Like you spent time on your own, like self-aware, and you took the time to go through therapy. So you were putting your best self out there. And I do think that that's one of the things that I noticed just in our first interaction, you were very cognizant of who you were and where you'd been and where you wanted to go. And I think having that sense of self gave you a sense of direction and also, um, I guess authority is a good way to put it, but it's not in like a, um, like a dominance kind of way, but you know, like authority in terms of you were in control in the driver's seat of your life. And I think a lot of people don't have that. So I really appreciated that about you. Well, I do want to touch on that. I think I I came a long way and I I grew a lot because right after my divorce, I I was not in control of anything. Um I really did. I I felt I felt like I I didn't know which way was up or down. And I think, you know, trying to experience relationships when you're like that, you realize how out of touch you are. Um, and I don't think that's fair to yourself or the other person. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's difficult enough to date, but then when you're trying to navigate your own emotions that you don't really understand and still try and connect with someone else's emotions... And then you realize that you're not having successful relationships. So that's when I knew instead of trying to date after my divorce, I needed to really work on myself. So, And that's one thing I want to touch on. It's okay to admit to yourself that you need to put in some work. I think... So often I've talked with other people and they've said, oh, well, when when should I date after I'm divorced or when is a good time for me to start? And I ha- I learned the hard way, but I always try and share this to say, hey, you don't you don't need to go into dating immediately. Take some time like you touched on to you know, self-reflect, put in some work on you, even if you don't think you need it. There's nothing wrong with just to see if what's going on with you. If you do just, you know, if you've been single a while or you haven't felt really confident in when you've been on dates or your success rate relationships isn't that great, like go ahead, make, make some effort to seek out a therapist, someone you feel comfortable with, and just talk to them about some of the things in your relationships that, you know, go south or insecurities that you have. Because once you start to work on those things, you start to feel a weight lifted off your shoulders. You start to feel like you're in tune to yourself more. And when you feel like that, that confidence is put on display other people feel it when they're around you and it's all in a positive way but it 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 must start with you because you're the only one that could be able to 
do that for yourself. I think that's such a good point. And it it is really difficult sometimes to feel okay taking the time for yourself because people think, oh, if I'm not out there, I'm not putting myself out there. You know, I'm missing chances. But really, you want to go out there as your best self. And you also want to go out there with an idea of what not just what you're looking for, but what you bring to the table, because it's a two way street when you meet someone um, in a in a healthy, balanced relationship. You want to be able to bring something to the table in addition to finding the person that's going to do the same for you, whatever that happens to be. And I think that um, one of the things that I remember doing when I was um, when I was single was just number one, really enjoying being single and not getting down on myself about it and spending the time getting to know myself. It sounds a little cheesy, but it's kind of like dating yourself where, you know, if there's something you're nervous about or you haven't tried before, um, you know, be brave and kind of step up and take some little trips or do some things that you would normally reserve to do with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or even with a friend sometimes solo trips can help you you know learn more about who you are and that doesn't even involve hopping on a plane it could just be going out to a movie by yourself or going out and writing in a coffee shop like that's where you could always find me and I think that taking that time to to date yourself is really important And in the process, you also learn a little bit more about what you would love to add to your life. Because when you're loving your life, when you're on your own, you only want to bring something positive or something that's going to add to your life when you find that person. So what kind of things are you drawn to and what kind of boundaries do you have? It helps you set up an idea in your head of, you know what, um... I need someone that is going to be a little bit spontaneous or I need someone who's totally fine hanging out on the couch on a Saturday watching movies. It's it's about finding the person that meshes with your personality but can also put you a little bit out of your comfort zone and challenge you. And I remember making like a list of the core values that I was looking for in a person and Um, I know they say make lists of, oh, you know, what they, what they're going to look like or whatever. I think that's ridiculous because you've got to stay open-minded. Um, I mean, what is it? Love is blind is teaching us that, (laughs) that you have to. Or it's trying to teach us that. Exactly. Um, but I think that when you make a really good connection with someone, it's, it's definitely about seeing their heart. And I think that attraction is of course important but coming back to what I was saying when you have your list think about every aspect not just the physical but the emotional the mental the spiritual you know do you want someone that you can have conversations with about um, I don't know modern art or talking about cars like whatever your interest is I think it's just important to have someone that kind of feels like a friend and It's not to say um, there's no passion involved, but it's like a friend is such a good foundation because you have that interest and things can heat up from there, I think. What do you think? I think that's a good point. 
but I will almost play devil's advocate because for me, especially when we first met, I immediately realized how smart you were and how knowledgeable you were on so many things that I really didn't know much about. And for me, it was exciting to just sit there and watch you light up. And when we would go to the art museum and watch you talk about pieces and describe it in such detail. Now, as Amy was saying, you want to you wanna find someone that's compatible. Um, for me, I think Amy and I are very compatible on a lot of levels, but also we're very different. Yes. And, that's, <laughs> and that's one thing I constantly bring up with her because that's an attraction for me. Um, I'm very attracted to her because she brings certain things to the table that provide me learning experiences, just like I bring certain things to the table <laughs> that teach her or help her be more knowledgeable in areas. And I think that's important too. Yes, you want to have someone compatible, but you you don't want it to be a clone of you because definitely I love how she stretches me and pushes me to different limits. And I know sometimes she wants to do things and I honestly, I'm fighting it tooth and nail because I'm like, ah, this is not me. I don't want to do this, (laughs) but I do it because she is my partner and I want to be able to experience things with her. And then by the time we actually start doing it, it, it's such an enjoyable experience and I do, I wind up learning so much and I, I really, I really want to just put that out there because yes, not everything is going to be compatible and you're not always going to be on the same page and her and I even have an understanding too. There are certain things that she brings up and it's just a hard no. I'm like, <laughs> no, that's a you and your friends thing. Going on and, any sort of a trip to a cold country in winter is yeah, like a definite yeah, no. You're like, I'm, I want to be on a beach. I, I'm, not, I'm not a cold person. So <laughs> that's definitely – and that's good too because it allows her to have that time with her friends to do – those fun things as well. And it also gives us that room to breathe because mm-hmm. you want to be able to do so many things with your partner, but you also need, and this is something we'll touch on in a later episode, but you also can't lose who you are in a relationship. Yeah, And I'm not going to go down that path because that one is such a big topic mm-hmm. and it's so important, but you you do. You really need to be able to keep yourself and who you are and be able to grow as an individual along, as you grow with your person as a couple. Yeah, I think, number one, I appreciate you and thank you for saying such sweet things. <laughs> well, there, it's, it's true. And I, you I know that because I tell you that all the time. <laughs> Um, but I think there's a compatibility in differences. And I think yes. that that's something that we've actually learned to kind of thrive on. And yeah. I think that one of the coolest things is like, I may have book smarts, but you have street smarts and I very much am lagging on the street smarts, but I feel like, but you're learning exactly. You've taught me so much and it's, it's anything from like just how to 
approach a group of people and talk to them because I am more introverted and have some social anxiety, but you're definitely, you say hi to every person on the street and <laughs> which I love. That's one of the first things I noticed about you, but it was like, this is so different. And it's, it's something where I learned so much just by watching you navigate the world. And uh-huh. that's something that kind of came through in our first conversations. Like we, we met on a dating app and your conversation was just very open and vulnerable from the start. And I was in the mood to be serious. So when I was met with something serious, with someone serious, from the get-go, I was game for it. I was like, okay, this is more my style. This is more what I'm looking for. It's not that casual, like, hey, like, what are you, what's up? What are you doing? That, that was kind of why I was, I was literally about to delete the app. Um, well, you were. Yeah, I was. I was the last person. <laughs> you you... <laughs> The day that I was going to delete it, um, you, you messaged me and I, I was like, this is interesting. Like, you're, I'll say, first of all, like, you're not like anybody I've ever dated. And for me, the way that I always look. And she means that in a good way. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. When I look at people I've dated in the past, it's just, um, I don't know. It's something where when I would go on dates, I would just go into it as, hey, you know, this is going to be an adventure, a story or a friend or something else. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to make something good out of it. So. I always had fun with it, but at some point I was just kind of burnt out because I wasn't connecting with the people in a way that felt deep and genuine. Um, And I think that just like I said, the way that you introduced yourself and started talking, that laid the groundwork where I was like, okay, I can see that there's so much potential for connection with him. And that made me really excited. And I think that brings us full circle, though, because a lot of that confidence that I brought to the table and being direct came from putting in that work to understand who I was and what I really wanted. But it also came from me putting in that work to make myself a better person, Mm -hmm. um, so many times we don't realize that we have a lot of underlying things that could potentially cause us to self-sabotage relationships. And when you actually start to put in that work and you have a really good understanding of where certain things are stemming from and you deal with those issues, it really opens up so much opportunity for you to grow in new relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what was exciting um, when we did first start talking because our conversations were so genuine but so deep. It wasn't that high-level fluff. It Mm -hmm. was, was, I think you were – in a, the right spot and I was in the right spot that we really wanted something of substance. Yeah. And as the conversation started, you know, we would talk for hours and it would just be on <laughs> so many different things, but none of it was filler. Yeah. It was all quality. I, I miss those times. Like I, I love 
that we're we live together and we can talk anytime but there was like this just feeling of oh my gosh I'm gonna talk to him until like three in the morning basically like I remember being on the phone with you I was just like who is this person you know like I want to know more I constantly want to just like learn about him and and understand who he is because you really were and are so different and it's something that I appreciate every day that number one like you're you're my person but also you're my best friend and I don't know it's just something where I feel lucky every day that we cross paths and that we did put in the work leading up to when we met but the other thing is we continue to put in the work I think that's the other is key aspect yeah and I'm still in therapy like there's no shame in it I think it's something that everyone should do and even if things are going well sometimes it's really good to be in therapy because you know don't wait until you're in crisis to to need help I think just having like a maintenance phase of therapy can be really helpful because you've got another person that you can bounce your ideas off of your fears your anxieties whatever's going on in your life and I think it's important to kind of take that pressure off of your partner as well because while you are my best friend and you're my partner there are certain things that it's like you know what I still need to maintain um like a level of respect where I'm not going to dump every single problem on you I'm not going to expect you to fill every role right in my life um the same way that you mentioned before, it's important to maintain your, your yeah, sense of yourself. self, but also your relationships with friends, with family, mm-hmm. with other people outside the relationship. Because if you put everything on your partner and expect them to be your everything, that's going to be that's just too much pressure for a person to handle. You shouldn't expect someone to be like that. So um, so I think that's that's something that took me a while to learn, but. Part of it was getting a better sense of self-confidence and independence, knowing that, yes, I can take on this, but then I can also be respectful and create boundaries within my relationships where it's like, you know, this little bucket is for, you know, things that are between Nino and I. This bucket is for things between my friends and I. This is for my family and I. And then there's ones that, you know, cross over between all of those. So being aware of that, I think, is super important and you always kind of have to just check in and make sure everything's in balance as you go yeah i think the check-in is is really important um not just for yourself but also for the relationship regardless how good a relationship's going it it's always nice like we do we carve out some time to just have check-ins during the week just to say okay what you know what's going on with you Mm -hmm. how are you you know, and show and return ask me the same thing, or we'll just put some things out there. Well, you know what, this has been going on this week, or we'll ask like point blank. And is there anything I could do? Have I been doing anything? Mm -hmm. Um, Just the kind of, it's always good to be upfront and really that have that level of vulnerability with your partner especially as you're together longer and that relationship really starts to get comfortable, you don't want to lose the appreciation or lose that level of communication that you started off with. And 
that is something that we work very hard on, not because we are losing it, but because we love it yeah, so much. Yeah, and, I, I love that. you know, we constantly check in like, hey, how's everything going? Is what are <laughs> what are some things going on this week? Or is what are some things that, you know, and just straight up ask, especially as we are getting on a much serious level, like, where do you see us? What do you see about us right now? If there was something we can improve on together or as individuals, what would that be? You really want to understand what your partner's thinking. And I think that's another important thing to just consider as you try and find that relationship. You want to be able to have a certain level of comfort yeah. to know that your partner will always have your back and will always keep an open mind and perspective and will be able to handle your honesty. Yeah, that's one of the things that I had to learn, too. Um, I love our communication so much, but it did take me a while to um, not be scared when you said, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. And you always say that. But in the beginning, for me, it was very much like, oh, my God, he's going to be brutally honest, like my head instantly went to he's going to criticize me or he's going to be upset about things. And then I realized that's definitely carryover from my past relationships that did not have healthy communication. And I think that's something very important to remember too, when you are going into um, a potentially new healthy relationship, you've really got to do the work on any issues that you had from past yeah, block, relationships. Try and block those out. Well, not even block them out, but just processing them. I think understanding them, like understanding what sort of things um, set you off or what mindset you're going into a conversation with. I mean, there are a number of times where we both in the beginning kind of met each other with preconceived notions based on what we'd experienced in the past with other partners. And we weren't on the same page until one of us said, listen, like, I'm really upset about this. It's like, why? Oh, the last time that this happened, you know, my ex did this. And it's like, oh, okay. I understand now. I understand that you're reacting to something from the past, not from something that we're currently, I'm currently putting out there, but there's something that's reminding me of something bad that happened before or negative. So doing the work to kind of untie those knots or, or rather tie them up and close the chapter and move on from it and know that, you know, if you, if you feel fully comfortable with this person and, and they're respecting you and loving you and challenging you and being honest with you, all of those things, um, you've got to let your guard down. That's, that's something that I learned too. I really had to let my guard down. I really had to do a lot of work to trust again and, Patience is something that you've given me on so many levels. And I understand that, you know, relationships take patience, but I think there's like a special level of patience when you're dealing with someone who's come from maybe like a negative uh, past relationship. Yeah, but I think that was important to show you because mm -hmm. in me showing you that I was patient and that I was calm in those certain situations, it naturally calmed you down yeah. and allowed you to 
build that trust mm-hmm. for us yeah. and with me and allow yourself to be vulnerable. Yeah, you were my safe space. You still are my safe space. And I think that's one of the most important things to look for in a person. How do you feel around them? Like, what does your gut tell you? It can be as simple as you feel peace. Like, I think peace is one of the most underrated things that people don't really look for in relationships. They're just like, oh, I want someone who's fun and someone, you know, who I can do this and that with. But when you find someone who just lowers your heart rate and lets you relax and you just feel so at ease with them that is so underrated and I think that you know it is something that requires um you know going out and interacting with people but you'll kind of know just from the type of conversation you have in the beginning I mean I've I felt peace with you just from our first conversation and I think that that's something that's carried over where it's like, okay, I'm trusting my gut. I'm listening to my gut. And I, I feel that he's a person that I, I feel calm with and I feel like I can build something with. And I think that, you know, that's, that's just so important. So important. Yeah. I mean, I think we, I think we covered a lot today and, um, just as a recap, we kind of said, you know, put in that work for yourself. It's okay to seek out therapy and try and go ahead and resolve issues that you may have from the past. Make a list describing what you're looking for, but also remember your self-worth and just be willing to put yourself out there mm-hmm. and be vulnerable. I'm not saying you have to do that every time, but when you start to feel that connection with someone as you're talking to them and you think it could be something, the only way you'll know is by trying. Just if if you feel it in your gut, go ahead and allow yourself to be vulnerable. And lastly, just remember your self-worth and communicate exactly what you're feeling because the other person isn't a mind reader and they may have past experiences that could cause triggers as well. So the best way to go about it is just being upfront and honest and try and do it in a respectful way so you know it doesn't trigger the other person or put them on a defensive uh in a defensive posture, but just let them know, hey, I want, I care about you and I care about where this relationship is going, but I need to make you aware of what I am feeling. Yeah, I think it's just, it's cool to see where we were before and, you know, what we've created since then. So I wholehearted, wholeheartedly agree with everything that you just said. And um just want to say, you know, Again, know what your core values are, what your boundaries are, and find the person that improves on those and lets you feel the most uh, the most peace and that you can be yourself. I think that's one of the most important factors. You don't have to um, contort yourself into another version of what you think that person would want to be with because that's exhausting. 
and you won't be able to keep up the charade. And who would want to do that? <laughs> it's it's not worth it in the end. When you can find the person that you can totally be yourself with, that's when you've struck gold, I think. And I totally agree about that. Mm -hmm. I think, like we talked about earlier, just stay true to yourself, but be able to connect with someone that brings a positive perspective and potentially even some new insight to the world. And keep trying until, you know... Don't settle. Yeah, don't settle and have fun along the way. Don't take it too seriously and just know that you are your best advocate, your best friend first, and then the person you bring in is going to make your life better. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Liked the show? Leave a review. Loved it? Hit subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Bright Mind and Body and online at brightmindandbody.org. Thanks for listening.